Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Music Money Makeover Show. This is episode 11. Um, I missed last week. I missed you all last week, but it, there was so much going on after the A3C conference. You know, I just and I had another conference to do this past weekend, so it was just a lot going on. I was unable to get to you all, but I'm happy that uh, I am back with you all yet again on another week. So, uh, real quick, quick thing: you all can actually jump into the. Um, uh, you all can jump into the library if you go to the link at District Twenty Four Music dot com slash submit music all right you can go there and submit music into my music library for consideration into television and film all right and real quick follow thing you all can also follow me on facebook and instagram on facebook is casey graham on instagram is at casey graham underscore 24 all right and then you can also find me on linkedin at casey graham and then you can also find me on um uh, you can actually find the library on Instagram at District 24 Music. All right. So as I wait for a, a couple, a few of you all to get in, I'm just going to start going through kind of the things that I noticed at these conferences when people are networking at these conferences. So A3C was a huge conference in Atlanta. It's been going on for, you know, oh, I guess maybe 15 years or so. And um, actually, yeah, 15 years. This was the 15th year. And um, it was really great, really great stuff. So give me one second. I'm adding, I'm adding the, the live stream to a couple groups. So if you give me one second, we'll get the thing started. Um, couple things I wanna, I want to, um, to share with you all about the A3C as I'm sharing this stuff right here. Um, is that, wow, Facebook is something else. Um, all right, so A3C was kind of, um, A3C was not the best A3C I've, I've been to, but I will say this. One thing that I liked that they did with it was they allowed for a lot of intimate sessions to happen. And I think that if, 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 if you all weren't there this year, I think they really turned the tables and they did something different with it. And I really love it. All right. So, um, I'll jump into the entertainment attorneys, the attorneys that they had there this year, they had some nice ones. I mean, not, not your typical Atlanta attorneys. There were a couple that were there that are from here, but there's some that aren't and they really got down to the nitty gritty. I love the fact that you could have your one-on-one -on -one with the attorneys and talk about anything you wanted to talk about the contracts and redline any contracts. And then um, and then they also had sessions like one-on-one -on -one sessions to go through your bios and your marketing and everything like that. So this is stuff that's unheard of that the A3C had done. I wish that the panels were a little bit more in depth when it came to actually you know, dealing with music, but it's starting to get that South by Southwest vibe here in Atlanta. So I don't know. We'll see when, when they bring it into the uh, 16th year. Um, so um, that now be next year. So we'll see. I don't know. Anyway, so a key thing I saw this year when it came to networking was um, a lot of people had cards this year 
with QR codes. QR codes, when they first came out, they were hot. But at the time, the iPhone didn't have a camera that would scan them. So if you didn't know how to use a QR code, you just didn't use it and it just, it went away. Then it came back once the iPhone implemented the QR code scanner into the actual camera. So that's a pretty cool thing that I saw that a lot of people took advantage of when it came to doing promotion at these conferences. I saw that. But here, here's, a, here's another key thing that I, I feel that now people are starting to see, is that when you go to these conferences or any networking event, it used to be where Instagram was like, oh, you know, I'll follow you on Instagram. I see, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see, you know, if what you have on there, but I still want the business card. Now, after a couple years of that, it has really turned into, hey man, what's your IG? And let me, and here's the thing, let me send you a DM right there on the spot so you have my information. So now at this point, it's people don't even care about the cards at this point. The cards, I use them. But once I have your contact, because I really want to have it in my phone, it's in my phone and, and that's it. So business business cards, they started this year to, to I, I, you know, I started to see them kind of go by the wayside. So um, it just it just all depends on how you feel about those. OK, but I, I definitely saw where, you know, business cards definitely became um, became a thing where they. uh they starting to seem a little bit obsolete. All right, so let me see. I'm trying to, I'm still trying to share this thing. There we go, share in a group, group name. Let's see. There we go. All right, we in there now. All right, so let's get into the key thing about this show. Like I said, I did a recap on the A3C, but this producer, engineer, Royalty. Look, I went and I printed out the Music Modernization Act. I got it bound because I wanted to really dig in and read this piece of legislation. You know, and people like myself, this is what I do. So, um, oh man, that's dope. Blake Eisman joined. Shout out to Blake Eisman, a legendary, legendary Atlanta engineer, man. I'm talking about Outkast, Goody Mob, all of that. Uh, just hopped on my Instagram. That's pretty cool. All right. So, um, and I'm streaming this live on Instagram for you all who don't know. Let's talk about what this royalty means for artists. I'm going to, I'm going to do two sides. So for all of my do-it-yourself artists, what's going on? What's happening? Darrell, what's, what's happening? Um, so for all of my do-it-yourself artists, I'm going to approach this from your position first, all right? And I want you to be totally open when I start to dig into this. So we're gonna read this, all right? So this is title three right here. I'm gonna show it to you if you can see that. Title three, all right, allocation for music producers. This was written into law and it's not talked about much because it kind of already existed out there. So, um, I just want to let you all know, hey, look, man, this is money out here if you know how to do it right. So I'm going to give you some of my tactics that I feel you can use to get money out of this. This is for my engineers and my producers. 
and I'm coming from the artist standpoint first. So now let me read. It's only a couple paragraphs, so bear with me. Let me read it so you get it. All right. So this is Title Three. All right. It's a Section 114G of Title 17 of the United States Code. All right. Um, it's amended by adding at the end the following: a letter of direction. Now, I'm gonna pause right here before I jump in. If you all use Sound Exchange, there's something on there called a letter of direction. And that direction directs funds to the person who the artist approved, you know, should get these funds from the digital performance of the sound recording. All right? It's on their site. You can go read it. It's been there, okay? But now it's coming into legislation so that when we as engineers and producers send our, off our letter of direction to the artist, we can then now revert back to the law and say, and say that, hey, this is valid and I can send you this, all right? The only thing about this law is that it doesn't really change much, but let's jump into it. All right, uh, all right, so section A, number five, in general, a nonprofit collective that would be sound exchange uh, designated by the copyright royalty judges to distribute receipts from the licensing of transmissions in accordance with subsection, excuse me, subsection F, shall adopt and reasonably implement a policy that provides in circumstances determined by the collective, that's sound exchange, uh, to be appropriate for acceptance of instructions from a payee, that's the artist, all right, identified under subparagraph A or D. Not gonna worry about that. If you want to read it, you can read it. Um, to distribute to a producer, mixer, or sound engineer who was a part of the creative process that created a sound recording, a portion, the portion that they're talking about is coming from the artist, okay? A portion of the payments to which the payee, which is the artist, okay, would otherwise be entitled from the licensing of transmissions of the sound recording in this section such instructions shall be referred to as a letter of direction. Okay? So like I said, this stuff exists on sound exchange. Okay? Now, let's keep going. All right? So, hey, what's going on, everybody? Um, I want to shout out Olivia King. She's on the Instagram right now. Uh, go check out Olivia King's music on Spotify tonight. All right? After the show is over. She's got some great music there. And she's working on a couple new things, so I'm, I'm excited to hear those. All right? So anyway, all right, so now let's stop and let's talk about just Section A of this letter of direction that is now put into law under United States Code, uh, Section 114 of Title 17 United States Code, okay? So I'm an artist. Let's just say that I'm an artist right now. That 45% that sound exchange allotted for the artist to pay or to that they would pay out on can now be, I don't want to use the word infiltrated, but it can be uh, split up, so to say. And you can back it up by saying that the law is written here for the artist to pay. Now, I'm not going to say be greedy with this, all right? I like letter of directions, but as a do-it-yourself artist, most artists do not make money on digital performance royalties unless you have a Pandora radio channel, 
I met uh, the vice president of operations for um, Pandora Saturday. So we hooked up and it was great meeting her. And we talked about, you know, the radio side. Like, where does your distribution come from when you put it out? Does it go to Pandora's non-interactive I mean, interactive streaming or does it go to the radio? When you go through CD Baby and all this stuff, it goes into their platform that looks just like Spotify. It does not go to the radio. And what people don't know is that Pandora Radio pays out the most over the non-interactive, I mean, over the interactive streaming on the other side of Pandora. I think that's like Pandora Plus or something like that. The radio side of Pandora is the moneymaker, all right? And through that, you have to import your stuff into Pandora separately. That's what Sound Exchange pays on, okay? The digital performance of those streams. It's the same thing as if, like if you go to Apple Music and you scroll down, like if you hit the heart button that says for you, and then you scroll down and then you see radio stations there, and some of them say like they're from iHeartMedia or whatever, and you hit you hit stream. So like for Atlanta, there's V103 there, you get paid for that. Okay, and Sound Exchange collects on that money. 45% of what is owed on the master recording goes to the artist. This letter of direction affects that. So, like I said all that to say, 45% of the money collected on the master by sound exchange on the digital performance of the master, which is the sound recording, 45% of that goes to the artist. The letter of direction affects the artist. So now, if the producer, the mixer, I'm reading right here, or sound engineer wants to submit a letter of direction, they can. And now, with this being law, this makes it easier to go back and send letter of directions to the artist. Now, let me keep reading before the artists, they get all panicked and everything. Let me just keep reading. All right, section B. Acceptance of letter. To the extent that a collective described in subparagraph A, that's sound exchange, accepts a letter of direction under that subparagraph, the person entitled to payment pursuant to the letter of direction shall, during the period in which the letter of direction is in effect and carried out by the collective, that's sound exchange, and we're talking about the, the person meaning the artist, uh, carried out by the collective, they shall be treated for all purposes as the owner of the right to receive such payment and the payee providing the letter of direction to the collective, which is sound exchange, the artist providing the letter of direction to sound exchange, shall be treated as having no interest in such payment. All right, cool, all right, got it, okay? So that means now the artist relinquishes the set amount it would be. So I can send to the artist as a producer or engineer my request for a percentage now, actually, let me read this last paragraph. Okay, so section C, authority of collective. This paragraph shall not be construed in such manner so that the collective is not authorized to accept or act upon payment instructions in circumstances other than those to which this paragraph applies. Meaning that the artist can approve or not approve your letter of direction. It's not law that they have to approve it. You can request all day. It's only if they do approve it. Now. On the artist side, I would suggest 
that you kind of have it in your mind because this will become a standard thing. I would suggest to the artist that you allocate in your mind about how much you're willing to give up on average when these letter of directions come across and then you throw everybody into that one percentage. I mean, so if it's 10% of the 45, then everybody has that, that submits a letter of direction has to use only that 10%. Okay, now let's talk about this. If you're a mixer or a sound engineer, and you send a letter of direction off to the artist to approve, which to me is the hardest thing to get done, okay? Unless they have some pretty good administrative people on their team. You're gonna wanna submit something around two to three percent, right? I'm just saying that because that's, that's, that's a rich percentage. Because if we go back in the day, back in the day, engineers used to submit a request to get one to 2% of the master. And that's only if they did like a significant amount of your project, okay? So if they didn't do a significant amount of your project or they didn't mix your single, right? Then they wouldn't request anything, all right? But if they're gonna mix the entire project, then they would request something like two, you know, one or two points on the album. And I think that's fair, right? Because you contributed to the entire sound of the album. All right. So this is coming to you artists now, and you have to figure out whether you're going to approve these percentages or not. I think that that's something that's healthy for the music industry. Where I have a problem with this is that when they wrote this piece of legislation, this was already happening. So what you don't understand was that this piece of legislation, even though it's written into the law, nothing changed because it doesn't say that you have to do it or not. That was already, it's just, it's just now available to say that, hey, you can do this. But to be honest with you, most people, they're, they're not gonna read this Music Modernization Act, you know, this 120 page piece of legislation. Most people aren't gonna read this thing. You know what I'm saying? So people aren't gonna come at you anyway. But it's there. It's always been on Sound Exchange, and that's good, okay? So, now let's flip your perspective, artists, artists that are online watching. Let's flip your perspective. I want you to not be greedy, and I want you to think about your engineer. Because what if, you're in a situation where you may pay the engineer their fee to mix the album, or you may decide, hey, I'm going to decrease your payment, but I will increase your royalty on the back, right? On the back end. And to be clear for artists that are on here watching, this doesn't have anything to do with the Royalties that you get directly from the streams, it comes from Sound Exchange. It does not come from like your CD Baby account or whatever, whatever your distributor is. It comes from Sound Exchange. And if you don't like me, if you don't actively push your records to be spun on like Sirius XM or Music Choice or Pandora Radio or any of these online radio apps, there won't be any money. All right. So, engineers, I want you to look out for that too. If the 
indie label or the artist wants to give you an increased royalty on the letter of direction, then you have to question the fact that are you really actively pushing your material on Pandora or not, or some radio app or not. All right. Producers, I suggest that you submit a letter of direction for the sound recording anyway. All right. Because most producers who are doing producer agreements are getting royalties on the master already. But if you don't know that money comes in from sound exchange, you should go do that. And when I got my sound exchange check two, three weeks ago, the money came from Pandora. That's only because I put the albums that I worked on in Pandora's radio uh, uh, app side of the app, not on the interactive side. And my money came from Pandora. Oh, and I think a retail store somewhere over in Europe, something like that. Some Somebody picked it up somewhere in Europe. I don't know. I was just over there. I don't know how it got there. I didn't actively seek that. Okay. Now, I want, if anybody has any questions about this letter of direction, please drop it. Because I know a lot of people don't really know any questions about it. Send me, put, put something in the comment section and I'll answer your questions on the letter of direction. All right. Because... I feel that this is important for the industry. Um, I feel it's important to keep money flowing. And while I was on a panel at uh, here in Atlanta, uh, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I didn't even see this question come in. All right, so how do you get your, your music on the radio side of Pandora? All right, since I'm on my computer right now, let's log in. You go. Or you can just Google, submit music. Oh, the computer is listening to me. It already knew what I was gonna search for. All right, submit.pandora.com, okay? And I got my old account here, so um, I'll just log in here. No, I don't, yes, I know. It's through the AMP side of Pandora. It's an artist portal, all right? Um. Yes, go through. Oh man, here we go. I don't feel like going through. I know it's been a while since I logged in. I don't want to go through that. All right. Yes, can we just get into? Yeah. Yes, view my past submissions. Okay. Anyway, it's amp.pandora.com or submit.pandora.com. All right. You must have your ISRCs, your UPCs. All right, all the stuff is necessary because they need they need to know who to pay. Because I want you to understand, you are going directly to Pandora and you're acting as your own distributor, okay? They're gonna ask you, what does the music sound like? Uh, who were like the top three, at least the last time I did it, the top three related artists that your music sounds like. And then a real person will listen to the music and curate it and then say if it's good enough to put into Pandora Radio. That's how Pandora works. Real people, they listen to your music and then they drop it in. And they're going to go through your 
your numbers or they're going to look up stuff about you. They're going to go to your Instagram pages, all this. That's how you submit it to Pandora. And that's how you get a station on Pandora, right? So I'm looking at one artist here. If, if Olivia King music is on Pandora, you're going to go search Olivia King radio and that's going to be her channel. All right. So, and then all music that sounds like her will come up. All right. How long does it take to approve? That's the thing. Pandora could take sometimes up to 90 days or more to approve. It, it's really ridiculous. So that's why a lot of people don't really submit to Pandora or they don't even know how to submit to Pandora, but it's simple. It's just submit.pandora.com or amp.pandora.com. That's it. All right. You're going to claim your artist or yourself as an artist or the label, whatever it is you choose to claim. All right. Let me see. Start some new submission. UPC search. That'd be your artist name, release title, number of tracks. And click submit. All right. And it's that simple. And I'm not joking when Pandora, like I say, people like Pandora pay out nicely. Also, when I was on TuneCore, the PlayStation Network pays out a lot. So when people are gaming and they're listening to music, uh, let's see, once you get approved, do you automatically have an artist station? Yes, you do. At least to my knowledge, you do. I don't even listen to Pandora, but I know they pay like, you know, nicely. So I think Pandora pays, especially the radio side, pays like a penny a stream. That's really high, you know? And because it's going directly, Sound Exchange will collect that and then you'll get paid. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And actually, it actually checks out just about right. I think with the artist that I was working with, Let's see, we did, how many, you know, I'm calculating some money right here, times, minus 10%, 52, yeah, we did something like 28,000 spins. How do you submit music to, to PlayStation? I didn't submit music to the PlayStation uh, Network. That went through TuneCore. And I realized that people started listening to the music or either somebody curated it over at Sony and it just got in there and it started working. So I didn't dig into that. But the PlayStation Network was another high payout network. Um, that was good. And, and I hated leaving TuneCore, you know, uh, when I had to because the fees just got outrageous for me to keep music there. But they were a good player. Um, so yeah. Let me see. Since since you all are asking, uh, I'm going to look up. Ah, get out of here. Submit music. Anybody have any other general questions? You you can go ahead and, and drop that on um on the in the comment section and i will answer the questions today is kind of a light day i'm getting back into the swing of things like i said i had two conferences over the last two weeks to do and plus running this music library is no joke it is very tough and tedious and time consuming that i basically only get up in the morning work and go back to sleep around about midnight or one o'clock in the morning and do it all over again 
before sunrise the next morning. So, I'm just keeping it real. We're just talking. This podcast is a little bit lenient today. But next week, when we come back, we go in there next week. Alright? So, we were talking about publishing last week. uh, But next week, we're digging in. Alright? I'm probably going to dig into the top of this Music Modernization Act as well. Um, But... We will see. That's one thing I just wanted to 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 jump into with you all. All right. Does anyone else include me? I don't know what that question. I forgot what that question might even be in reference to. So you're gonna have to uh, uh, rephrase that question. Um. Let's see. All right. Let's jump into some news. It's time for some news, man. We did our education thing. You know, I like to keep you all up to date on the news and what's happening. So, uh, I didn't really see... There's a lot of hiring and firing going on in the music industry. Uh, and lawsuits and stuff. I haven't seen anything that will affect directly the uh, any do-it-yourself artists right now. There are a couple things that are interesting out here. Um... So, let me go back to the one thing I saw. I did see that Apple acquired Shazam, but I don't know why that's news because I thought that that already happened. Um, let's see. Let's see. Oh yeah, that did happen. The YouTube Music app was is now pre-installed on all new Android 10 devices. So that's going to give some people a run for their money. I mean, we all are used to YouTube. I have the YouTube music app and well, I had it. I deleted it because it wasn't great. But, you know, as it as I see it, it's getting better. It's going to give some people a run for their money. OK, um, let's see. That happened the other week. Spotify can now com- Spotify. Spotify users can now combine music and podcasts on playlists. We'll see how that goes. Um, Spotify and I think it was Deezer. Spotify is now open in India. So that's good. Um, India is a great emerging market. Uh, There was one thing that I saw that was really good. Do a post. All right. It was about Spotify. Nope. Nope. Oh, it wasn't Spotify, it was Apple Music. I think I touched on this last week. Labels are nervous about Apple Music and TV Plus subscription bundle plan. Okay? Now, when I, and I see your question just popped in, but I'm going to jump jump in on this. Um, When... When I made uh, at the uh, for you for those of you all who came out to see me speak at the DeKalb County Film and Entertainment Expo, there were a lot of people there from the Atlanta film industry and um, a lot of and some key players as well. Um, I had a disagreement with the the um, the uh, representative from Pandora about the payout on those royalties right because i said that if 
the DSPs, which would be Apple Music, Pandora, Spotify, do not increase their rates, then when you have a piece of legislation that comes out, this Music Modernization Act that comes out and people start requesting percentages from labels or artists or indie labels or whatever, then the money just gets fractioned off and fractioned off even more and we have to keep these rates up. So if you don't increase the rate, then it's just a bunch of fractions of pennies of fractions that nobody's nobody's really making any money. But the labels, you know, that's it. So I feel that labels should be nervous about the Apple Music and, and TV Plus subscription bundle plan because that cuts Apple Music's subscription fee in half. So if you don't have... Um, the subscription fee high enough or you have freemium models out there where people you know can listen to music on ad revenue that's why your spotify numbers are so low by the way it's because they have the freemium model where people can just listen to music as they please that's why youtube uh, royalties are lower than apple music because there's not a paywall cutoff right so with Apple Music being $10 a month, of course it can look even richer. And what Apple Music is deciding to do is to pay royalties higher on users that only stream certain songs, right? And they'll take their profit, they'll take their service costs and profits off the top and pay the rest directly to the songs that the, the user listened to. That in turn, uh, you know, lets the percentage or the payout on the stream increase all right so now that i said that let me jump into uh this question um and this comes from olivia king music she says you know what you need to figure out with me is how many views on tiktok equals one apple music stream right now tiktok isn't paying anything and i talked about this maybe two three weeks ago on the on the uh, podcast TikTok is getting sued right now as we knew it was going to happen. TikTok got too too big, too fast, and it didn't have licenses in place for everybody. And so when someone has a TikTok stream, whether it be a do-it-yourself artist from, you know, DistroKid or CD Baby or a major label, that is a sync license in the video. And all of these have to be accounted for. So I knew they were going to get sued at some point. They just have to figure out you know what I'm saying? Like what they're gonna pay, okay? So we will see how that goes, all right? We will see how that goes. Um, Let me see what else happened in the news. Tasha, I see you online. Shout out to, shout out to Miss Tasha LeRae. Uh, she is going to drop an album. It's a uh, Soulful House album. I don't know. I think that comes out in like two or three weeks. I got the email, thank you. I started listening to a few songs. I got to finish it. Um, shout out to Tasha LeRae. Let's see. Go newer. What else happened in news? Ooh, big thing. Big thing. Check this out. Now, I know that for my do-it-yourself artists, you, you, you don't really know where this is going. But check this out. TuneCore challenges majors, the major labels in China, with a 10-cent partnership. Okay, that's big news because that opens up our music to China. Heavy. All right. 
Uh, man, everybody's talking about TikTok today. All right, so this this comes from Tosh Lorray. I was wondering about that with TikTok. Oh man, thanks so much for the shout out. Shout out to you. All right, so another question in from Olivia King. She says, so with DistroKid distributing to TikTok, should we see anything on the back end to see if we are getting paid? We're not even there yet. This lawsuit has to unfold, you know? We're not even there yet. And, and now... We also have to look at the fact that Facebook is now, they have Facebook music now. It was just in Brazil a couple months ago. It was it was only just Brazil on the Western side of the hemisphere, right? So of, of in the Western hemisphere, it was only Brazil. Now it's coming to America where people, just like you can do on Instagram, where you can go into your stories and share your music. You can now do that on Facebook, which is great. All right. So... This is this is awesome, man. Um, so shout out to Christian Ahmed, man. I see, I, I see you got the uh, the MTV thing popping off. You know what I mean? You out there on MTV doing your thing? You know uh, that's what's up. Uh, so um, so we'll see what TikTok does. This is going to be a big thing, a big deal here. We'll see how this lawsuit unfolds. All right. Um. What else happened in the music industry world that I can keep you all abreast on? And then I think I want to touch on, I want to touch on licensing because two weeks ago, Tosh, I said I would get into licensing contracts and, and it's, and it's becoming, and I actually want to go on a rant with that while I'm looking for this news. Um, Let's see. No, let's see. Is this TikTok's next big music hire? Eh, doesn't really have anything to do. Ah, that was the next thing. Spotify Inc.'s podcast deal with Vice Media. That's big. Okay, so Spotify is really digging in on this podcast movement. All right, podcasts have been out for quite some time, but as they pick up steam and popularity, you know, everybody has something to say and everybody has a podcast. All right. That's what I'm saying. I don't understand why DistroKid would do the distribution before, but I get it because you gotta, you have to press go. When technology is happening, like the license and the contracts will catch up later, right? You know, just ask for forgiveness later. I, but I knew that was gonna happen. When I saw that letter come across my email, I was like, oh, it's going down. I give it a month. Sure enough, it happened, right? Because they have to, it's about it's about staying ahead of the curve. So when Instagram said that, hey, we're gonna allow music in our stories, right? From Spotify, then TikTok came along and they had music going. They had to then in turn come and do something to combat this. Then Facebook came along and said, hey, we're gonna have something like a TikTok in our stories. So everybody's trying to compete with TikTok and we don't even know where this is going to go. We don't even know how long TikTok will stay around, but we'll see, you know, hopefully these lawsuits don't put them under. All right. Facebook, man. Instagram is jumping today. I'd like to see everybody on Facebook drop me a question. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much. And I think I have. Yes, yeah, go back one more here. 
CD Baby, that's what it was. CD Baby expands into India, so that's great. That makes sense with the Spotify expanding into India. That makes a lot of sense. Um, oh, speaking of TikTok, TikTok is now poaching Facebook employees. I love I love this battle that's going on right now. Um, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens with TikTok, man. They're it's getting bloody over there. Uh yeah, let's see. Um and I think that's about it. That's about it for the news. So real quick, I'll jump on a tangent for the last 20 minutes. Licensing. Okay. Um, licensing is the name of the game now. At, in this day and age, when it comes to streaming, everybody wants to have material license. Okay. And this material will in essentially be borrowed. It just boils down to the point where, you know, like two weeks ago, I was mentioning about house music being licensed. The confusion with it is this. Where I feel the money comes from is only on the streams and the sales because to borrow a master and then have remixed those masters and then you and you want to license those it starts to get really confusing on this so when you have a distributor that is taking upwards of 45% then the person who licenses your master will then split with you the 50-50. It almost doesn't make much sense to do a deal like that because you have 55% and that's what you split up. So what is that? 27.5% of the cash that you will get directly from a deal like that. And this is, I'm only talking about, and for those of y'all who I'm talking about a company called TrackSource when it comes to house music. If that is the only way, and I'm just quoting, I mean, only pulling from what I know, um, then, oh, by the way, I'm getting this news from uh, Music Business Worldwide. There's a, a lot of sites out there. If you're getting a deal like that, then it must be lucrative to you somewhere else. Because with that type of cash flow, it doesn't make sense to me. It's just very rich. Now, that's not to say that major labels don't do this, okay? Because they do. If you have, nowadays, this is these are the deals that major labels are doing. If you come in with some clout, the major labels are not, and clout by meaning, meaning like, yo, I have two or three million spins on Spotify on average across the board, okay, on my own. If you go do a major label deal, then you license your masters on the deal, and they promote it even more. And then when it's over, they give it back. These are the deals that are now happening right now at major labels. If you come in too low without any clout, 
they're not going to license it from you. They're going to take ownership in the master. Okay. So to clarify, a license means that they're taking a revenue stake or a revenue share. Does not mean that they take ownership in the copyright. Right? They don't own it. They're just borrowing your master to make money on it. Okay? It's the same thing that happens in the synchronization world. Okay? And I have a situation that I'm going through right now with the sync placement. I'm not going to say where, who, and the parties until it comes up. But essentially what happens is they take my song and then they will share in the revenue of it. Okay? Until, you know, the term is over. Licensing is the biggest name in the game right now. Ownership is not. Because if you can fix your mind to think that we're in a sharing economy, you just have to expand your mind to think out. It is more lucrative for a label or promoter to borrow your master and make money on it than to invest in it and keep it. That keeps the investment low because they only make money on during the term in which they borrow the copyrights. That makes any sense. Okay. So, man, if you all have any questions, I got 15 minutes left. Any I will. It doesn't matter. Anything. Merch, shows, and whatnot. It doesn't matter. Drop me a question. Facebook, man, y'all been quiet tonight. Really, really quiet. But Instagram is popping over here. Um. Yeah, oh man, that was a while ago. I can't even. I can't. Even. If you all want to recap, oh no, how do I switch this back? Why did that do that? Swap. Flip it around. That was weird, Facebook. Um. So. I can't really. I can't really recap the whole thing. If you all want want me to recap, you gotta go back. All right, Facebook. So got to go back to the top. Okay. Um, let's see. Tasha says, have you had any success selling through CD Baby? I, if you mean directly on CD Baby's uh, website that they give you, no, I haven't. And I don't really care about CD Baby's direct website. I've used them for a few years, but the, pro the progress has been minimal. I know that we talked about physical sales through CD Baby a while back. And um, and I read, actually, because I have two, Tasha LaRae meet Olivia King, if she's still on the, on the podcast. She distributes through CD Baby. And a couple weeks ago, or a couple podcasts ago, I read the CD Baby agreement. And that agreement, when it came to the physical CDs, I think that's that's when we, I think you were talking about physical CDs and, you know, they did have the right to trash the CDs, but, you know, I don't know what your situation was, but there's a clause in there to, you know, if it, something like if it's taking up too much warehouse space or they don't move it in a certain amount of time, then they will, you know, dispose of the product. So I haven't had any experience of selling directly through CD Baby. 
And I, you know, I can't really answer that question. All right. So, but, um, you know, CD Baby is cool, I guess. I like DistroKid the most because of the fact that we can split up our royalties immediately. And like we can do revenue splitting immediately. And, you know, I don't have to call all the time and say, hey, man, do you have, you know, this piece of money or you have that? You know, it, it prevents all of the phone conversations. Just type in everybody's percentages on the master and the money will trickle into everybody's account how it's supposed to go. But that's why I like DistroKid. CD Baby, eh, yeah. Anyway, um, that... For me, concludes this podcast, but if you all want to, like I said, if you got questions, I will answer those. And like I said, I'm just winging it, this podcast. No, 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 not too much. I'm not teaching too much this go around this week as I'm just getting back into it. But before I go, let me jump over to uh, digital music news and I, I want to give you a, a, a tool and if you want to get into the learning learning more about the music business or staying abreast on it there's a pocket that uh, there's a there's a there's an app that I use called pocket and like I, I save all of my articles into this program called pocket and then I press play so I can listen to them because a lot of times I don't have time to read these articles. I just want to hear it so I can just press play on my phone and I can listen to these articles and I can stay abreast on who's who in the music industry and what's going on. So it's a pretty cool app. Um, let's see. Oh man, TikTok is always in the news. TikTok bans explicit lyrics before uncensoring them a few weeks later. Okay. Um, if you all don't know, Issa Rae started a record label with Atlantic Records. I saw that come across my desktop. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Let's see, what else is happening? Oh, yeah. Lizzo faces another plagiarism accusation, this time from 90s singer CeCe Peniston. I heard about that. Um, that's oh my gosh! Check this out. Japanese fan travels six thousand miles to Cleveland to meet Bone Thugs and Harmony. Gets robbed blind by locals. That's not. That's so wrong. That's so wrong, man. But you can't just be traveling to Cleveland like that. Cleveland is not a friendly place. It is not. I know. Anyway, um, nothing really, nothing. I mean, I see a lot of stuff that is beneficial to me, but that's only because I'm, you know, I'm looking for all of the nuances of the industry and all the key players and all that stuff. So let's see. Trying to find something good before I hop off for all my do-it-yourself artists out there. Um... TikTok is really 
Oh, here we go. Facebook and Instagram music is expanding deeper into Europe. All right. I, I can't wait until Facebook music opens up in the U.S. But for now, we'll just have to sit with Instagram music. All right. Um, WizKid is launching a streaming service so artists can artists can actually get revenue into their pockets. Okay, we'll see how that goes. Got a lot of big players to go go up against WizKid. Um, it's hiring and firing season, so I suggest if you haven't talked to anybody that works at any of your respective record labels, you check on them because they may be out of a job or may, or maybe uh, maybe getting promoted. So you don't know. Um, yeah. Alright, so anyway, you all, that is tonight's podcast. I just wanted to get on and wing it with you all, share some information, chop it up, say hello and all that stuff. Next week, we'll get back into publishing for sure. You can you can count on that and, um, and we'll get you all educated yet again. But you know what? Every podcast we educate. So I, I encourage everybody, I printed mine out. I encourage everybody to go print out a copy of the Music Modernization Act so you at least know what's in it. The bulk of it doesn't really have much to do with you because most of us were born after 1972 anyway. Um, but at least Title One and Title Three have some things, maybe some things to do with you. If you want to get into publishing, you need to read this, right? You need to know what happens to the 1972 uh, compositions, pre-1972 compositions. All right. Hey, everybody, that is it for the Music Money Makeover show. You can check this show out on Spotify. You can check it out on Google Podcasts. You can check this show out on Anchor. You can check it out on Breaker, Radio Public, and I think iHeart, iHeart Podcast. I'm not sure. I don't know if that's a provider of mine or not. Anyway, you can follow me on Instagram at CaseyGram underscore 24. And you can follow the library at District 24 Music. Catch me on LinkedIn and Facebook at Casey Graham. Also, if you would like for your music to be considered for placement into television and film, you can go to district24music.com slash submit music and fill out the form there. And I will take a listen or someone on the team will take a listen to your music or consideration into the library. That has been today's show. I will see you all next week at 8.30 on the dot. All right, peace.